Warm Up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Hour two of five on a Friday. Football Friday, Rod Babers. That makes it a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo, football Friday edition. Hook him up and eat rugby. Yeah, baby. Uh, that is Gary Clark Jr. He will be the uh, center of attention tomorrow before the Longhorns become the center of attention. I believe the uh, LCL, Longhorns stage, will get cranked up about uh, noon, 12.30, head of the 2.30 kickoff. Oh, that's going to be a path yeah, man. That one's going to be, you need to get that one early. And then how you get in, you kind of get your position. It's just first yeah, it's come. Yeah, free, free. Yeah, you need to make sure you Crap get your spot. lights and yeah, uh, crank it up. Get with Gary. Hype. Gary will put on a show, baby. That was going to be hype, man. Uh, like that. Last time I saw Gary, you know, I mean, I see Gary all the time around here, <laughs> where I live. He's just out and about down here in South Austin, down so Butte cool. Kyle. Uh, super guy, but uh, when he gets it going, man. The last time I saw him at a, at a big show was it? Was the last he opened for Tom Petty? The last time Tom Petty played in Austin, <laughs> opened for Betty. Yeah, and it was an unbelievable show uh, because I it, I remember that. It was, I know I've actually talked to a lot of people that actually went to that show because it was like a Tuesday night, and you're like, when, you know, here comes Tom Petty. And you're like, man, I don't want to miss Tom Petty. It's one of the best shows. You just sing along to every song. It's a it's a it's a you know two and a half hour jam. Yeah, and so then then Gary Clark's opening for him. I was like, I got to go to that. Yeah, so I uh, went and uh, boy, don't See, regret it. That was the last time we ever saw Tom Petty come through Austin. He passed away that fall. And oh man, yeah, yeah. shame, wow. shame. Another one of those overdose things. Yeah, that are all too common these days. Uh, Prince, same situation. Sad, um, man. Hey, so uh, we got a lot to do. We got football, uh, and as uh, Rod yes, said, it's a it's a sports. Fans Ooh, a dream. Sports gasm going on, man. The World Series. Got football. Hell, bass, NBA. NBA's on. NBA Dame Lillard was up. unbelievable last night. Well, he's Not happy. Surprising. He's happy. Yeah, that's going to be scary. He's, he's playing with now a, new, a renewed purpose because he knows now he could win a title. His All his efforts actually – you know, he can say what he wants about, you know, his time there in Portland, but he didn't actually believe that he was going to end up winning a championship there. Guys can say that they're competing for a championship, but they know. For, for players are smart. Yeah. He know now. Now he knows. Well, oh, he's got a chance to win. win there's, a, there's a human nature fact to it. Like he was in Portland, he was always you know just such a good guy. Like he wanted to be the part of his loyalty, loyal to the Portland. I want to be the team, the the guy that brings this thing back. And it just you know, you can say those things, and I, I believe it was genuine. But at the same time, well, now you're in Milwaukee, you got Giannis on your team. And it's a good loaded roster. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let's ball. Okay. Let's ball. And they've already done it. Yeah. Right? Yep. So you got guys there that have already culture. done it. Yes. They can, they can show you, oh, no, man, this is the way we do it. And like, what do they oh, need? They need scoring, that. right? They need someone to hit big shots Dang. in big moments. And who's better than that? Dame is a beast. Well, I, think, I think you watched last night. You, the, 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 if anyone didn't know, I mean, Dame Lillard's a Hall of Fame player. He's been playing in the great Northwest. And for a lot of time here, the last half decade has been – in relative anonymity because mm-hmm. the Trailblazers haven't been any good. Yep. But, man, he is a baller. He, he is. is a great player. He's fun to watch, too, man. And now he's on a team with Giannis. He's also fun to watch. I mean, this team's going to be fun. Can so, Milwaukee. Up. So, you got a guy that can pull up from anywhere, and then you got a guy in the, in the post down no in the one paint. No deal with. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, indefensible. It's, it's kind of like uh, Denver last year when they won the championship. They became indefensible because Nicole Yoke is just such a great passer. Yeah. Jamal Murray such a great scorer and a clutch fourth-quarter player and just Aaron Gordon. So many options. They're just hard. They're, you can't stop that. Um, and then if you you know try to double team somebody, oh, Nikola Jokic will go off. He can go. They, he, they just go point big sometimes. Yeah, that's what he, he just, is. He's, he just runs like Magic the point. Johnson playing yeah. center. <laughs> he just runs the point, and that's why they're so difficult to decide. It's like, oh you oh you got him on the perimeter, or you got him defending on the perimeter. Well, just run the point and run the offense. Right, now you're going to get. 
know, Dame Lillard with Giannis Attentacumpo and pick and roll. Like, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, that seems unfair. That that's that just, not cool. That just seems unfair. All right, so that happened last night. It's early yet. Uh, it's kind of cool to be paying attention to basketball, NBA this in October. Is why he has like uh, six different screens yeah. in one. My so, direct TV mix. So my watch, sports so mix. Because this is this for this weekend. Yeah. So you can watch it all. Well, I'd, no, okay. I, I wouldn't. You know what? Maybe I would. Maybe I would. But, yeah, we just keep on. You, you don't miss anything. I got the little football. I got the tennis channel on. We got the NFL network on. Come on now. You're loyal to the tennis channel, I'll admit. I don't know. Well, I don't get to choose that. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't choose tennis oh, channel. If I were choosing these six boxes oh, that DirecTV gives me. You don't me, get to choose this. No. This is just the sports mix. Yeah, if, if, you're, I gotcha. if you're a DirecTV subscriber, I you have gotcha. the sports I was like, package. I was like, man, who knew? I think Chad Hastings had a real effect on you. Yeah. Uh, you were that much of a fan of tennis now. <laughs> <laughs> Some nice-looking lady sometimes. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. True. That's a joke. Well, hey, can we get to the headlines, trending topics? By the way, did you know last night? is what it is. <laughs> you, know, like, you know last night when uh, LeBron and Kevin Durant hooked up head-to-head, -head, and it was a good game. Went to the yeah. wire. Uh, Kevin Durant was playing without Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, and he scored 39 points. He did everything he could. I want to see the ratings for the that Lakers game. won. I, I bet they're high. That's the first head-to-head -head matchup those two have had in five years. That, that's why I, I, I want to see the years. ratings for that. I want to see if, if Wimby – it beat beat him beat that in the ratings. Might have been just because of the time. It was a late game. Yeah, that's true. But um, that's the first time LeBron has gone head to head with Durant in five years. It was because it was supposed to be the next great rivalry, yes. player rivalry in the NBA. And let's be honest, KD didn't keep up his end they of the hurt. bargain. Kept getting hurt. Well, kept getting hurt, but also didn't want to be a leader on a team. Well, that's true. Uh, with Oklahoma City, right? And yeah, then, and he then didn't want to be a... Well, remember, then he went to Eastern Conference, so then you're only playing that team twice a year, and then yeah. one of them was hurt uh, all the time, and mostly Durant. That's amazing. But uh, Durant played great last night. Hey, let's go to the headlines, though. Trending topics, top stories to start your Friday morning. Top Gun Reynolds and lawn equipment bring it to you. We'll start with the Longhorns. No surprise, but confirmation yesterday from Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian. Redshirt freshman Malik Murphy's had a great week of practice, according to Sark, and he will start at quarterback for Texas when they play host to BYU tomorrow at 2.30. Uh, team starting quarterback Quinn Ewers is still considered week-to-week -week with a right shoulder problem. Uh, it'll be Murphy's first career start. Matter of fact, we heard it earlier, but uh, Coach Sark said Malik had his best practice as a Longhorn yesterday as he's – Took, taking a hold of this game plan. Arch Manning will serve as the backup. Coach Sarkal also provided an injury update, uh, saying that uh, he believes cornerbacks Ryan Watts and Gavin Holmes, along with defensive lineman Jet Bush and Alfred Collins, will all be available tomorrow. Safety Jalen Catalan, defensive end Ethan Burke, likely out for tomorrow's 2.30 kick at DKR. Remember, Rod and I will be down at the Mockingbird Saloon tomorrow yes, at noon. Noon to 2 at the Mockingbird. Getting you ready for Texas. Come hang out in the AC, watch football, and get ready for Texas and BYU. NFL, Josh Allen led the Bills to a 24-18 win over Tampa last night. On Thursday night, football that opened up, opens up week eight. Allen was great, threw 324 yards, two touchdowns, ran for another 41 and a score. Bills are 5-3. and three. Baker Mayfield and the Bucks fall under 500 at 3-4. The full slate of Sunday action coming your way, including the Cowboys and Texans, both off bye weeks, are playing at the same time on Sunday. Uh, Dallas will host the Rams at noon in Arlington. Texans are at Carolina at noon against the 0-6 Panthers. And Thursday night, high school football last night, big win for Westwood. They're inching closer the Warriors are to a playoff spot. They beat Maynard 28-21. McCallum clinched their eighth consecutive trip to the postseason. They beat Travis last night in District 12, play 35-24. Crockett blew out Northeast. Pflugerville knocked off Rouse at the Pafield 29-22. Uh, also, last night, actually yesterday in Major League Baseball, uh, press conference yesterday morning, Dusty Baker confirmed he is retiring after four seasons with the Astros and an illustrious career. Uh, Astros, of course, were one win shy of reaching the World Series for a third straight year under his leadership. Houston joins four other teams looking for new managers.
Cleveland, San Diego, and the LA Angels, and the New York Mets. Uh, San Francisco's already filled their vacancy, hiring Bob Melvin. Now, Astros owner Jim Crane did say yesterday he and GM Dana Brown plan to work fast to get a replacement in place. Game one of the World Series is tonight in Arlington, 7:03 first pitch. Nathan Avaldi, facing Zach Gallon, a couple of all-stars there. Uh, and in volleyball, impressive. How about the Texas volleyball team? Fifth ranked in the country. Fell down 2 nothing to Baylor last night at Gregory Gym. Came all the way back to win it in five sets. Uh, they'll play again against the 20th ranked Bears tonight uh, at Gregory Gym. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. All right, Rod. Are you going to dress up for Halloween? Are you doing anything for Halloween? You got a baby at home. You're not doing that deal. I know. I don't know. We will, we'll have candy. That's what we already said. We'll have candy. And we're going to – we got to have a plan because if the baby's sleeping, which is sleeps at random times, kids ring the doorbell. So maybe I have to stay in guard at the door ready for the kids so they'll just come ringing the doorbell. Could put a sign out there. We don't know how we're going to work that out. But there is candy, and candy will be. Candy will be given out at the baby's house. you got a good neighborhood home. for that, too. Yeah. I'm on a corner, too. So we got a good – trust me, we're not going to miss a day. We're not going to be that household. No. I think a sign is good. Baby sleeping. Baby don't sleeping. ring the doorbell. Put don't something doorbell, over the doorbell or that something. That kind of thing. You know, but I'll, I'll be standing guard to do I'll be ready, bro. Yeah, I'm not. We're giving out candy, but I count right, that so dress up. Chilling at the house. The That's dogs good. will be dressed up, and maybe the baby too. The may, baby may be dressed oh, up. That'd be awesome. Because we send may, a picture. Yeah, we may dress her up as Steve Sarkeesian. We're not sure. She may be Steve. How are you gonna pull that off? Because she's got the hair already, <laughs> and the, and 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 the skin tone color is very similar. So we might we might have to do that. You know, we're thinking about that. Think, Sark for Monroe Sark. For Sark. She might be Sark for Halloween. Monroe Sarkeesian. You know what I mean? Because he got the hair. You know, he got the little hair that gets pointy. Yeah, yeah. He, he styles it on purpose. You can tell. Oh yeah. I just got to get her like a little headset and some sunglasses. Well, no, we had the guy in Texas who uh, his brother is the barber <laughs> and the stylist for Texas goes in there every Wednesday yeah. and cuts everybody's hair. And it's and it, like I said, and you can tell Sark. It's it's a style. It's a certain style. I, I can think we can get our hairstyle like that. So yeah, that's one of the possible costumes. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, you, what, are your, what are your dogs' names? Uh, Lola and Kaya. And what do you dress them up as? Oh, we've got a bunch of them, man. we got uh, Supergirl, Batman, hot dogs. <laughs> we got taco costumes for them. Uh, there's a marshmallow, and they're like the chocolate filling or whatever. we got a lot of stuff. we got good stuff. All right. Well, that's coming up next Tuesday. Oh, man. Yeah, we're ready. Obviously, if there's going to be like a costume Halloween party or ball, that's going to be this weekend. Any, yeah. Give me, your, give me your good costume suggestions. Mm-hmm. Fire those in there. I'm, I'm sure Ken and Barbie are big. The Travis Kelsey T-Swizzle thing is going to be big. That's going to be big. People are going to be going. That's crazy. I'm supposed to go to one Ty, tonight, what are you doing? and I, I have nothing prepared. I, I don't think I'm going to make it, honestly, after last night, but I, 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 I could use some ideas. You say that, Ty, and then you always end up making You always end up going. Because that's because it's 7.14 this morning, right? 7.15 tonight. <laughs> You'll rally. You'll be back. Yeah, You'll rally. I, 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 I kind of I was thinking about it. I was like, I, I kind of just want to sit in my room and watch the World Series by myself. That's what you say this morning. Your FOMO kicks in. Yeah. You're right. And if it's I, undefeated. If I go to a Halloween party, I'm not going to watch the Rangers. How often do I get to watch my team in a championship scenario? Yes. You, okay. You're, you're, you're right about that. You need to be front and center, 7-0-3, because you owe it to your team because you quit on them in, in August oh, and September okay. when they were scuffling. You did. But now you owe it to them. Yeah, you need to be every pitch, every inning. Hold I, mean, up. I, I know for the Astros World Series, I watched every pitch of every Is inning. this a house party? Yes. Oh, you can turn it on at the house. It's, all, the house it's all Astros, people. It's all out. Oh, they'll still want to watch. They'll no. hate watch it. They want to hate watch it. No. Yeah, they will. I, you can I, convince them to hate watch it. I've yeah, they will. Because 
You know, that that's the one thing about Astros fans I've noticed this week is, you know, they talk a lot of smack until they lost, and then it's been complete silence from about 20 of my good friends who are quote-unquote well, you, know, you know who the Astros haven't heard from in the last six or seven years? The Ranger fans. Okay, well, <laughs> so. well yeah, that's the past. This is now, yeah. you know? Like, I, I, you. I like you, oh, you can man, talk. the rivalry's on. They've been talking, it's, y'all been talking trash all these years. Like, I just let us have our moment, right. you know? Talk a little bit He's trash right back. That. Like, come on. Did, that's, that's what no, makes this, it a rivalry. This is my only advice to the Rangers that, oh, this, uh, this analysis really about the World Series. They got to they got to get out early. They got to start fast. and They got to score early. When the, the teams that have scored first in this postseason have won seventy five percent of the games. That's a crazy. And the Rangers number. have been a big part of that because they get off to good start. Their all lineup is so good. Yes. Uh, and that's why I said about the snakes. I mean, and we talked to Gene Watson, mm-hmm. our baseball insider, yesterday. He talked about how this Diamondback bullpen, which is locked down, a bunch of no name guys, has really just formed late. They they acquired the Seawald kid from uh, Seattle at the, at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Ginkle has really come on with the, with Brent Strom, the pitching coach. That great curveball he's got. Uh, so the, you know, the, a lot of the the, the left-handed kid uh, that's come up, one of their fireballers, power arms from the left side. He's got more postseason appearances than he had in the regular season, Ross. Mm, like he yeah. he was barely he, he, he's a, like, like September call up. Yeah. Who all of a sudden's a big part of their bullpen and, and against the Rangers left-handers, like like you're going to see with uh, Seager and. Uh, what they can do on the left side of the plate, uh, Evan Carter, you're going to have to have a situational lefty. It could be that young guy. So we'll preview that coming up. And, yes, Ty should be front and center. You can go to a Halloween party on Saturday. Well, the game two Saturday night. So uh, you the can Halloween be front and center as well. Okay, well, I'm not going. Uh, send, I'm us not a, going. send us your suggestions of what uh, we need some Halloween he's costume gone. ideas for for Ty there. I'll put money on He's gone. He'll be there. Yeah, exactly. We'll see him at uh, Mockingbird Saloon tomorrow, hungover, and he had gone to the party. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the uh, let's go to the rant. It's uh, seven fifteen. Rod has two rants every morning of our five hour conversation. Let's get the first one. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car. Any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butt. All right, uh, let's talk some Cowboys here because um, you know, one thing I've been worried about is the Dallas Cowboys passing game. And there have been a couple of numbers that have really stood out. I've been doing some research on the Cowboys passing game, and we'll continue to get into this um, as we have other rants throughout the day previewing their matchup versus the L.A. Rams. But just a couple of things that really um, just up, and upset me because I'm not a Cowboys fan, but it is just really perplexing to me about the Cowboys' new Texas Coast offense. The first thing I found from ESPN Stats, I was looking at motion at the snap, right? You're looking at the sort of basically teams that are rated, basically teams that are ranked by their motion rate, how often they use motion at the snap, right? And this is something that the Shanahan coaching tree loves. Where you're talking about Mike McDaniel, he's number one. Sean McVay, they're number two. Yeah, Cowboys will see a lot of that on Sunday from the Rams. Yes, exactly. 49ers are number three in this regard. You get, Detroit Lions are number four. So essentially, your best offenses <laughs> use a lot of this snap motion. and motion at the snap. Green Bay is number five. Actually, Kellen Moore in the Chargers number six. Ooh. You want to know? Guess where the Cowboys are in in this regard in terms of utilizing this concept and cheat code. Uh, I'm, I don't want to say dead last, but bottom. Dead last, see? Dead you last. You would have been accurate. <laughs> you would have been right, E. 
They're dead last. How is it 32? possible? 32? Through and this was through week six, so I will say it didn't include week seven. So I didn't, I didn't find the most recent one. This well, was the Cowboys week only six. played six games, so we're yeah. So it's through week that. six. Yeah, I'm just throwing like so other other teams. I know that it may be different now if you found some other information. But this is, like I said, via ESPN stats and info. Yeah, the dead last, dead last. Um, so it th- that to me doesn't make any sense. Like I don't really even understand it, and that actually may make sense as to why the wide receivers have been so ineffective. Now, not CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb has been fantastic. We've gone over those numbers, and we'll go over them again. He's been amazing. He's been playing like one of the best receivers in the league, like borderline, um, you know, all pro, but definitely pro bowl level receiver. But guys like Brandon Cooks and guys like Michael Gallup have grossly underachieved so far this year. And Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard, too. Yes. Yeah. No, no, yeah. You're right. No, no. no. But he's he's, he's a big part of it. Huge part of the passing game. No doubt about it. No, you're right about that. 100%. So, also, I was looking at there's these new wide receiver rankings from ESPN. They have a wide receiver metric. It's a deep dive, analytical wide receiver rankings. So, it's based on cumulative stats. So, it's a lot of different ones. I'm not going to bore you with it. I'll just give you the rankings, which is what I want to pay attention to. Do you have any idea where – okay, it's out of – Man, we're we're talking uh, 140, 150-something receivers in this thing. I mean, it's, it goes deep. Uh, do you have any – I'll give you the number of actually how many receivers are ranked. Do you have any idea where Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup are ranked in these receiver rankings? Uh, in the National Football League. It's a deep list because it's a really people are using four, three and four receivers. So, yes. Uh, 32 a, times four. We'll take yes. the number. Uh, uh, it's got to be pretty low. It, it, it's, yeah, it's unfortunately really low. Um, yeah, I won't get you too much in the guessing game. Uh, Michael Gallup is at, and then there, this is ESPN's wide receiver rankings. He's 104th. Yikes. And uh, Brandon Cooks is 97th, according to these. So, both of them are basically considered bottom 15 yeah. receivers. Yeah, they're like in fourth the receivers. Uh, high third, low fourth. Basically, receivers, that's what, yes. Or high fourth, low third receivers. Pretty much. As far as performance so far. And then you watched last night with Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. And I mean, they're, those guys were awesome last night. I mean, I, I don't want to derail what you're saying. No, but, no. But that's, Buffalo, that's what you're saying. It's a number two receiver that yeah. went off like that. Yeah, Gabe Davis had a great night last night. And. Uh, Stephon Diggs was not the leading receiver, but the, you know everyone knows he's the primary target on the field, and he's the one. Stephon Diggs the one moving everywhere. Yep. And then Gabe Davis is the one who made all the big catches, scored the touchdown, uh, and really was the go-to guy last night. But so out of a, it was 109, 109 receivers is what they ranked. So and Gallup's go. 103rd. 100. Yes, he's 104th. God. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and Brandon Cooks is 97. I mean, they're four and two, so you are your record, but man, that's got a. That is a, and that the whole the whole idea of this conversation is that it's a new offense. It's the Tex Coast offense that Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott named it. And right now, it's 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 taking a step back in time. It's not using the the cheat codes as you call them for older folks out there. Cheat codes, right, or video term, right? If you yeah, it's just if you have a cheat code. You have concepts that basically give you a huge advantage. Yeah, and statistically, it's been proven they the higher success rates and everything. Say, so why would you? This is what use creative them? offensive minds are yes. doing to create an advantage. <laughs> And I don't know that Mike McCarthy is a very creative offensive mind. But yeah, but using these and that's crazy. They up, they actually upgraded their analytical uh, data department. They have they hired a lot of new data scientists, and it's crazy that they still don't they seem implement to get it into it. your offense. Well, you just said it. I mean, you know, t- you know, targets to motion, receivers in motion, Cowboys dead last. 
you know, how many times has Mike McDaniel in Miami talked about the importance of having Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle on the move when the ball is snapped? It makes them almost indefensible. Yeah. But the Cowboys don't do it at all. Why? CeeDee Lamb, by the way, knows our wide receiver ranking sixth. Right. He's having a great year. Uh, how about this? Nico Collins is fifth. I said yesterday. Nico Collins and Tank Dell, fourth and fifth on this wide receiver rankings list. For the Texans. Yes. That is wild to me. But. Yeah. Goes to show you that maybe they, they probably have the best turnaround of a wide receiving core in the league, actually, even think about it. Yeah, and Nico was a draft pick a couple years ago out of Michigan, by the way, uh, who's coming. And mm-hmm. uh, Tank Dell was a, a, a third-round pick this year out of Houston. And, uh, yeah, that, that look, let's just say, you and I are Texans fans, and so that's nice to see. Tank Dell and Nico Collins should not be ranked higher than – Tank Dell should not be ranked that much higher than – the Cowboys' number right. two receiver. Yeah, I was going to say Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup. Yeah. I agree with you. I don't know how that's – yeah. But they have a, they, they've looked terrible this year. They've been really bad. Well, let's hope that's what the bye week was for. I mean, I said it was to get the running game going. They needed they to. They need that too. With Tony Pollard and get that offensive line worked out. But, yeah, they've got to be more creative in their passing game, without a doubt. And, look, the Rams aren't great. I mean, the Rams come into this game at three and four. But you still have Matt Stafford. You are going to see an exi- a uh, – Pretty creative offense with Puka Nakua and no Cooper question. Cup that your secondary has to deal with. Biggest challenge right now for the Rams is the running back. And I mentioned they, the, 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 the kid that emerged for them was a guy named Kyron Williams who's a, who came out of Notre Dame, right, uh, running oh, yeah, back? Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. yeah, and he really was off. He was up to a great start. He was their primary runner, and then he got hurt. They had traded Cam Akers to Minnesota, and they really don't have a run. Royce Freeman and uh, Daryl Henderson are their guys. Uh, then that's where the Cowboys have an advantage. If the Rams can't run it with Sean McVay, then it, it kind of limits their passing game. But the Rams are, are formidable with their passing game because Matt Stafford can still sling it. He's going to be playing his hometown, and he's got two dynamic receivers now that Cooper Cup is back. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, because Puka Nakua. He's worth the price of admission. He's he's setting records. I believe only Jamar Chase has more receiving yards through his first seven career games. And the only other receiver in the history of the NFL. So Puka Nakua is, yeah, he's, he's a revelation right now for them, for yeah. the Rams. And they found him in the drives out of BYU. Out of BYU. Yep, no uh, doubt. Who talks as well play tomorrow. They don't have Puka Nakua at BYU anymore, thank goodness. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> or Taysom Hill. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Texas is going to be good on that. But yeah, uh, real quick about we're wrapping up the con- – not wrapping up, but we'll get back to some more conversation about the Cowboys and how discombobulated this Texas Coast offense seems. CeeDee Lamb, they, they, he's right. They need to get the ball to him more. He said that, and he's right. His target rate – is down from uh, 34% last season to 24% this year. His target share, which would make sense if the other receivers were balling out, but they're not. Yes. <laughs> so these are wasted targets going elsewhere. He's like, no, give me those targets. We're targeting Michael Gallup if he ain't going to catch the ball. Target, target me more. His target uh, share is down from 28.6% last year to 22% this year, and still his yards per route run is up which is usually the most uh, accurate stat to judge a wide receiver's productivity. Wide receiver is a uh, yards per route run is up to 2.4 uh, from 2.38 last season. But career lows in average route depth, career lows in depth of target, that's more about the offense, guys. He's been the told about the route to run. Exactly. Yeah. So the average depth of target and route depth, that's, that's, just, that's, that's on coaches. That's not on him. And he's got career lows there. But you look at explosive reception rate and yards per target, he's at, he's at career highs. So he's right. Give him the damn ball more because he's the one of the only ones on offense. Him, and it's the last stat we'll end on. And I know Dak haters ain't going to like this. So they have what they call uh, on-target rate for quarterbacks. And this is pro football reference. This is the, they have Dak Prescott an 84.4% um, on-target rate for his passes. Uh, that would be 
first or second currently right now in the NFL. Well, that means receivers aren't catching the ball when he throws it to them. Uh, one note on uh, you talk about target rate in the NFL in this game on Sunday, specifically at noon in Arlington. Think about CeeDee Lamb wants more targets. He's only been thrown to 30, 42 times, and he's caught 34 of them. Puka Nakua, 82 targets. He's got twice as many targets from Matt Stafford than CeeDee Lamb does. Wild, so just know when you watch this game, Cowboys fans, uh, now, Nakua, it's kind of evened out since Cooper Cup came back because yeah. when Cooper was hurt with the hamstring, he was looking at Puka Nakua on every play. Yep. Uh, but he has eighty. He has twice the targets <laughs> that C.D. Lamb has. It's unbelievable. Because um, they don't run the ball great with the injury I mentioned. So, it really, they use that short passing game with, to those dynamic receivers, almost like a run game. They put them in the backfield. They do. Puka uh, Nakua and Cooper Cup, you've got to stop them. You feel good about that with Matt because if, if Dan Quinn can make you one-dimensional, you feel pretty good about it defensively. But that secondary will be tested yes, by Matt Stafford in his hometown, and the Cowboys got to crank it up coming off the bye week. We'll see what adjustments, if any, they've made with the extra time. We'll come back. Good stuff from Rod and the Rant. We will uh, pick up the World Series conversation with the Rangers tonight. Got the Longhorns in BYU. Uh, thank goodness for that secondary that Puka Nakua is no longer there. Right. Uh, we'll talk about the dynamic playmakers for BYU if they have them. Also, the Texas matchups where it's favorable. We're coming back. Hook them up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Texas and BYU tomorrow at 2.30. People uh, in the industry, gambling industry that is, if you're paying attention, you've noticed that the uh, line has moved significantly up. Started at under 17 points, about 16, 16 and a half, and it's up to uh, 19 half of this morning. So Texas carrying 18, uh, 19 and a half, BYU getting that. And so Texas a heavy favorite in this game. And that seems contrary that uh, with a team with a backup quarterback, but um, you know, obviously the line, you know, Vegas sets the line, and then the line moves based on money on both sides. And obviously the money's coming in on Texas, mm-hmm. uh, including the sharp money, I think, thinking that Texas has an advantage in a lot of places and that this Malik Murphy guy's pretty talented. There shouldn't be a significant drop-off at quarterback. That, obviously, we'll find out tomorrow. But uh, and to have all week to get Malik prepared. And uh, the one thing you'll say about BYU, and this is not to take them lightly. We had some BYU fans. Um, you know, they just aren't that dynamic. They, they are not – uh, the numbers would tell you, and there's you know, six, seven games of evidence that would tell you that they're, they're, they're going to be well coached, they're going to play hard, they're going to be opportunistic, but they're not you know, player to player, athlete to athlete, Rod. Uh, they, don't, they don't match up very well with Texas in a no. lot of places. And you know, they, they could use Puka Nakua, as we mentioned in this game. Keaton Slovis is their quarterback, and he is, uh, you know, Keaton Slovis wasn't a great quarterback when he was surrounded by a ton of talent. Now he's, you know, every stop he's made along his uh, college football journey, Rod, the talent that is around him has gotten less. Yeah, and, and then you've seen him regress. <laughs> regress, him regress. regress. He is, his stats, uh, you know, his passing stats have regressed every year, every place he's been. And he's been able to start at multiple, you know, yeah. uh, institutions, power, uh, pro- programs around the country. So you know he's got talent. But you're right. When he was at USC, that was the best uh, stats that he put up was at USC because well, he had the players. best talent around yeah. him. Um, and as he went to Pitt and then now found himself at BYU, nothing against BYU, but dif- different talent level. I think everybody would agree with that. Well, and their their yeah. you know their strength is to try to run the football and uh, play great defense. Texas is great stopping the run. So we'll see. That's that's according to Vegas. Now, Rod, uh, we talked Lock talked last hour. Bears repeating that uh, this story continues to get worse and worse for the Michigan Wolverines, the number two ranked team in the country. And speaking of Vegas, Rod. 
No, they don't play this weekend. Michigan's off. So it's good timing for Michigan to not oh, be playing football. It is ideal timing. Yes. <laughs> um, so there, there's nothing that, you know, Jim Harbaugh didn't have to do a news conference after the game or whatnot. Uh, but, man, the, in the matter of three or four days, this thing has gone from uh, reports to the NCAA is investigating, has already been investigating this story, to middle of the week, the reports that when they do have a game next week, when they come back from their bye, that there are, there are sports books in Vegas considering not putting a number out, not even you know taking Michigan off the board um, because they don't think they can give you an accurate line. They don't know that it's just they're taking a, a beating on these Michigan games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now by the end of the week, Rod, by Friday, there were reports that the FBI is involved. That's um, crazy. Which, yeah. as you pointed out last hour, they have subpoena power. That's, this that, is that a scares problem. everybody. Yes. Yeah, then you can get people on the record. Then you'll get people whistleblowers on the record just trying to avoid any type of legality. Save yourself. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, man, well, it's, getting, it's getting ugly. Yeah, and so, again, let's, let's just be clear that, that for those that are still on the text line saying, come on, God, sign stealing's been going on. Matt Rule said it happens all the time. This is different. This is a much more elaborate sign stealing scheme over years uh, with a special agent, essentially, who was going to games, recording the signs, and then decoding them. And then using them on game day against those when you play those, you, know, you go into the games for future opponents, and then you know using military background to decode these signs and then use it to Michigan's advantage. And again, it's got to be proven. I'm it's just giving you the facts that in the last four days, it's gone from just the NCAA to now the FBI. Vegas is considering not putting him on the board next week. Um, and now the, the the biggest shooter dropped yesterday, actually two, one that um, this 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 Colin. Connor Stallions. Connor Stallions. Well, Colin, Connor. The Connor adult Stallions. entertainment name, yeah. basically. Right. He, okay, they got the receipts, right? I mean, this guy's ticket names are on the tickets. He's going to these games. Thousands of dollars spent to go to these games. They've got him on video surveillance recording um, the signs from both sidelines. He would buy seats on both sides of the, of the field so he could get both the back view, both sidelines. I mean, get all – I mean, you got it's a four-quarter game. So make sure you get all the, all the angles. You'll be able to, do, to record both teams, get them from the back and the front, all those things, right? So this was, this was, you know, premeditated in a big way and organized. Yep. But this is what came out yesterday, Rod, that really sends it to a different level. Um, the report that Connor, Connor, Connor Stallions Connor or Stallions. somebody with Michigan provided not only went to Big Ten games to scout Michigan and Penn State and, and good teams on their schedule and all the teams in the Big Ten – uh, began to scout potential and, and, and go to games of their potential teams that could keep them out of the college playoff, like teams that were in the – so at the, at the last year, for example, uh, there's evidence strong that Connor Stallions, or proven evidence, that Connor Stallions went and scouted Tennessee and Clemson. Hmm. Because remember, t- Tennessee was number five in the country last year. Clemson was number seven in the country last year. Yeah. These were teams that Michigan was in jockeying with to be in the college football playoff potentially or might even play in the college football playoff. Uh, and, and as we said, this is where it really turns because a pretty average South Carolina team, uh, according to the reports, upon receiving information from Michigan, uh, because, you know, coaching community is pretty small. People mm-hmm. know people. They do. And all of a sudden, Shane Beamer's team jumps up and beats Tennessee and Clemson at the end of the year. Their offense looks more dynamic and better than it had the entire season. Yeah. Uh, and ever, I remember sitting and talking about it. What, what happened to South Carolina? Because the week before they beat fifth-ranked Tennessee – and scored 63 points doing it, they lost to Florida 37-6. Like, they looked terrible. And then one week later, they're beating a top-five team handily. Strong circumstantial evidence. And then the next week, <laughs> at Connor Stallions got at a Tennessee game, excuse me, a, a, a Clemson game, they beat their in-state rivals Clemson. 
who were a top seven team last year. Mm. And you're like, wait a second. And now all of a sudden those two teams' chances of playing in the college football playoff are derailed. Michigan is in a better spot. Because think about it this way. Michigan beat Ohio State again, but Ohio State still made the playoffs. You know why Ohio State made the playoff? Because Tennessee and South Carolina, Tennessee and Clemson took those losses. Yeah. So Michigan was almost, you could argue, again, circumstantial, prepping so that if they lost to Ohio State, they could still bump in would be the argument, that they would still, like Ohio State did yeah. with the loss, still got in the back door. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that, that, that's the, this story is FBI, uh, a good thing Michigan's not playing this weekend. And then the other story you mentioned, Rod, from Yahoo Sports, Ross Dellinger, who's been on our show many times. I'll have to get Ross on next week. Uh, he's a great guy. He used to yeah. be over at Sports Illustrated. Uh, he had the story from TCU coaches, sources at TCU, that they knew about this scheme when they were preparing to play Michigan in the college football playoff. They were told by multiple coaches. And they, so they had a plan. Uh, they had dummy signs and dead signs and, uh, you know, using old signs, using signs they hadn't used just in case, you know, they had scouted them ahead of this because no, no one expected TCU to be in the Final Four, I don't think, last no. year. The reports were that, that Michigan hadn't really scouted TCU. That's what, because they didn't. But just in case. Yeah, they hadn't done They went it, to, but, like, yeah. you know, years old, you yeah. know, because, again, you had a month to prepare for that game. So they could get with their players and say, guys, we're going we're gonna to change up our signs. Uh, look, there were reports last year that Texas, TCU had Texas signs. Yeah. But uh, I will say this. We talked to even Coach uh, Drew Sanders yesterday of Van, uh, Vandergrift, and even he said they have a system with dummy signs already set up, with misinformation right. already said. They have, like, multiple guys giving signs and down to down, you know, hey, one guy is actually giving the real actual signs. The team knows. The other guys are pretty much misinformers. And I, I think that it, it, Sark probably already had that in place as well because of the situation that reportedly happened um, against Texas, against TCU, and TCU knew some of their signs. Well, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's actually not something that is – that is uh, it's pretty common. There's the, the, the long-term comments. Again, there, there's two stories here. There's the, the sign stealing has always been a part of it, just like in baseball. Sign yes. stealing has always been a part of baseball. Yeah. But if you take it to the level of what the Astros did and then you get the whistle blown on you, you're going to get in huge trouble, and you should. Yeah. Uh, if you go to this level, like Michigan apparently did, which, again, these are all against the rules to pre-scout with, with, yeah. with, with, with staff yeah, and with digital recording. Yeah, technologically Digital advanced. recording, not allowed. Yes. So yeah. those are all rules. You can you can compl- I mean, if you don't like the speed limit, you still have to drive the speed limit rod. It's a rule. It is a rule. Well, now it goes to this new level where the FBI is looking at it. Um, Vegas is pulling games, and it's such a good break for the Big Ten not to have Michigan playing this weekend. It's, uh, it's good for Michigan, but it's good for the Big Ten because they can get ahead of this thing and maybe have something planned for next week before they have to hit the field again. I don't know what that's going to be, well, but they, again. They better hurry up because they can't get ahead of it if they wait too much longer because the narrative is building. The right. narrative right now, and no matter what you come out and say a week from now after all these reports, the court of public opinion would have made up its mind already. And that's why I've argued <laughs> for the Big Ten to come out and say, look, uh, go, go to wireless communication mm-hmm. rest of the way. We're going to pay for it. We'll foot the bill. You get your teams ready. No more of these on-field signs things. We're doing – we should have done this a long time ago. Uh, but the Big Ten could, could – uh, you know, we learned during COVID the Big Ten and conferences can kind of overrun run their own ship and the NCAA can say what they want. But uh, because, again, Michigan can't play again. Um, if you know, if, we, if you know this much if information. You find and maybe that's why they haven't done anything. Maybe they have done an investigation and they do know. Well, maybe they, they, they've done their own well, investigation. If Michigan were playing tomorrow, and, you'd have to come with something. And they, maybe they know and they're like, God, what do we do, guys? We know that they actually do have a sophisticated, systematic operation of sign stealing. And what do we do now? But let's also turn this the other way. Because Unless they go with your idea. You're right. Well, your idea is the best idea. Well, and it's something that Matt Rule said in his statement that – 
it's the coaches who voted against the headset communication when there was an, actually a chance to implement it. Because most of them are lower-level coaches. Yes. And not necessarily power five right. coaches. Only, yeah. Exactly but why. the Big Ten needs to step in take, take, and seize control of this. Uh, because, again, you protect Michigan they, you know, and you, you, you out them. You expose them if this is really helping them win football games. Uh, at the, in real time, not after the fact where then you have to go back and expunge a lot of things. Like the Astros. Yeah. Science is getting to learn from yeah. that one. Well, it's like <laughs> you learned about the trash can thing during the season and yeah. you can actually do something about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Michigan does not play this week, so that's important. Uh, can get ahead of this deal and oh, um, try to have a statement by Monday, preparation for the next one. I hey, think, look, Rod, I think we'll they might they... know. I think they might know, Ian. Maybe that's why well, they, the, the we haven't had a statement from the, from the conference, from, the, from Michigan, from anybody. And, and because they don't have to this week because Michigan's not playing. I know, but the silence is damning. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but so we'll see. We'll look. We'll all see. Will, will Vegas put a line on their next game? Will, will that come out on Sunday? Will they – the early – Also a good question. Uh, keep an eye on all of that. It's, it's happening quickly. We told you it would. And here we are. Uh, and, again, good thing Michigan doesn't play tomorrow. Well, we'll hit the bullish or BS coming back, uh, including the World Series. We bullish on the Rangers to roll their way to their first ever uh, World Championship. We'll talk about that coming up in the other bullish or BS topics on a Friday. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. Aaron Hogan, Rod Paper. Austin, Texas Sports, The Horn. Hey, a couple notes. Somebody, a uh, good friend, Corbin, on uh, Twitter said, does that implicate, if true, does it implicate Shane Beamer in, in South Carolina, too? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I should be clear, the FBI is now involved in this investigation into alleged computer access crimes involving former Michigan coordinator Matt Weiss. Uh, that according to University Police on Thursday. So the FBI is involved, and it's about computer access and computer. So keep an eye on that. Also on the uh, Michigan situation, Bob Stoops. Uh, on our friend Tyler McComas to show up there on the ref. He, mm-hmm. he comes on every week. Oh, yeah. Said uh, he went off saying if Michigan did what is being reported, it's terrible. It goes against everything we are about. So this story continues to, uh, to lead. Yeah, we haven't had many coaches be very passionate, uh, like vehemently opposed, obviously. Um, that's, that's one of the first ones. Is is Bob Stoops right? Yeah. Most coaches have been like, "Well, well it happens." And uh, you, you Sark know. was pretty clear about it too. He was like, "It happens. We protect against it." But yeah. you know, like but he was saying not not adamantly opposed to it. Not like making it an right. indictment on your character as a coach yeah. if you do that. Right. No coach has really stepped out and done that. Why? Because I think on a, 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 a very shallow, superficial level, they've all kind of done it. Well, that's what not, I'm saying. Not to this extent. Not to this extreme. This is a systematic, very sophisticated operation. But they've, they've, they've engaged well, in and this. I, and they've I'll say it this way before we go to bullish or BS, Rod. We're going to have a short one here. But, um, okay, height of the steroid era in Major League Baseball uh, in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Because it really started in the 90s. People think about it with the, yeah. the, I mean, the hearings and Conseco McGuire. But it really started in the 90s, late 80s into the 90s. Uh, chicks dig the long ball. And then when they, right. when they had the, the World Series canceled, when they came back, everyone was juiced, and um, baseball wanted it because they were trying to win back fans. Yep. And they weren't going to stop it. They weren't going to do anything about it. Their bigger issue were the labor disputes because they just had a strike that ended a World Series. So they weren't going to, you know, again, crack down on this. Well, our, our friend Kirk Dressendorfer, who's doing the Longhorn baseball, oh, he got his yeah. number retired. He's fantastic. I love him. He was pitching for the Oakland A's, and I remember – 
uh, talking to him about this, and I'm not going to – he told me a great story because I, I was actually in his office. He was working at the Dell Diamond at the time. Mm. And there was a picture of Team USA, and little Brett Boone was on his team. Little yeah. Brett Boone, remember him? Yeah. And he was one of the guys that all of a sudden became this jacked-up second <laughs> baseman that was hitting opposite field home runs. And he told me the story that, yeah, he gave up an oppo to Brett, who he'd known for growing up playing amateur baseball, junior <laughs> baseball. I'm like, how do you just not run over and slug him, knowing that he's – Knowing he's doing yeah, it. He, right? He's going to strut. He's going to do the, the walk. And he goes, he goes, E? I knew what was going on in my own locker room. Exactly. I knew it was happening in my own locker room. Yeah. So I'm not going to, I mean, you know. Is that why people in glass houses? Yeah. They shouldn't throw stones. I mean, he goes, uh, piss me off, but what am I going to do? I mean, have you seen our locker room? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So I think some of the coaches are like, listen, I don't necessarily advocate for it, but can I guarantee nobody on my staff has been involved in such activities? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Because that's what Kirk said. I'm not, I wasn't doing it, but. Yeah, exactly. If you, Canseco's in my locker room. You know, so I, I think that's why the coaches, most of them are like, ah, you know what, it happens, and you still got to win the game. You still got to make the plays, that kind of stuff. Because I was being my adamant. Yeah. I was like, come on, man, you're, you're, people are losing jobs. You can't, you know, people don't want to do it. I'm going to do it. And he's like, yeah, you know, it's kind of the culture we lived in. <laughs> you know what I mean? They weren't testing for hey, it. Exactly. They weren't testing for it. That's a good point, too. This is a little different because there is a straight-up rule about it. Yeah. And it looks like they uh, allegedly broke that rule. I think you're right about the Alleged. coaches, too. Yeah. And, and look, the sign stealing is a part. It's like the baseball thing. It, it is part of the deal. Yeah. Um, same time, there, there's, a, there's a line. Yeah. Hey, we'll talk more about it. Obviously, there was bullish or BS. We've got to get into this BYU team. We've got a good text. BYU 4-1 and one all-time against Texas. Won the last few meetings. Is Texas are we underselling mm-hmm. BYU? I want your thoughts on that coming I up, Rod. That. Also go behind the BOC. World Series game one tonight. Hook them up.